electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi there, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, Netflix stock back from the dead? A bounce this week is giving some investors hope, but analyst Gene Munster says there are still a lot of factors at play. It is clear Netflix is not growing their subs. They ultimately need to get this ad model to work for the stock to work. And buy now, pay later, and watch your debt skyrocket. Consumer debt is up, and so are companies like Affirm and Klarna. The connection, the consumer credit, and the costs. This could be a minefield for a lot of younger people. Next thing you know, you got $400 a month in bills that you can't afford. Those stories plus hiring on pause at Tesla, Gemini, and Coinbase. And the EU has finally tackled one long-standing issue in its block. All European charging needs may soon be solved. It's a real story. Are you kidding me? I know. Priorities, people. Gotta be kidding. It's the EU. It's Friday, June 3rd, 2022, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Brian Sullivan. Joe and Andrew are out today. Well, the axe apparently is coming down at Tesla. CEO Elon Musk reportedly telling executives via email that the electric car maker needs to reduce staff by roughly 10%. In the email titled, Pause All Hiring Worldwide, which has been seen by Reuters, Musk says, quote, I have a super bad feeling about the economy, end quote. Tesla, not available for comment, which would be hard because that's a car. Shares of Tesla are down more than 26% this year. Musk adding to the chorus of cautious voices this week. Remember on Wednesday, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon warned investors to prepare for an economic hurricane, saying, quote, we don't know if it's a minor storm or superstorm Sandy. You better brace yourself. End quote. By the way, is not just Elon saying he's got a super bad feeling about the economy, but acting as a result, you know, shutting down hiring, potentially looking at getting rid of 10 percent of the workforce. And you know which 10 percent that is. It's the ones who aren't showing up at the office who he says, if you're not here, we're going to assume you have resigned. Musk is a lot of things. Dumb is probably not one of those things. And I think that that whole brouhaha about the your point work remotely was kind of an early flare, a signal flare. I mean, you wonder, is he seeing this or saying this because of advance orders for his cars? Or is it because of the shutdowns in China, knowing you're not going to be able to get some of these things out? It could be any combination of these factors. But again, not done lightly. Um, and, And something that, again, these are not just comments doing this. He is actually taking actions to go through with it. So we'll continue to watch this. Coinbase now says that it will extend a hiring freeze into the foreseeable future. The company is also rescinding some job offers that had already been accepted. Coinbase said it would expand its severance policy to those whose offers were rescinded and help with job placement and resume review. 
The stock has lost more than 70% of its value this year. This comes, of course, amid the sell-off in cryptocurrencies and economic turmoil. And you are seeing some of these places. Coinbase this morning down another 1.9%. The billionaire Bitcoin entrepreneurs Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss are laying off 10% of their workforce at Gemini. In a blog post yesterday, the twins said that the industry is in contraction phase that they called crypto winter, which has been further compounded by the current macroeconomic and geopolitical turmoil. Gemini has been around since 2014. It's valued at $7.1 billion as of its last funding round. It's got just over 1,000 people on its payroll, according to PitchBook. But this is what you're hearing, uh, areas in technology, in Bitcoin, um, a lot of these big booming areas that have come back to, to to earth, those are the places where you're seeing these layoffs. Well, you wonder what does crypto winter mean? Like, is it going to be a light snowfall or is it going to be a long, protracted slowdown well, winter, in crypto? Winter suggests that spring is always around the corner. And I think that's the question. Is spring around the corner or not? We are watching shares of Lululemon. The athletic apparel makers at earnings and revenue, they beat estimates thanks to double digit growth online and in the men's division, comp sales were up 28%. Now, Lulu did raise its outlook for the full year despite headwinds from inflation and supply chain issues. CEO Calvin McDonald said customers have not stopped buying at higher prices for the company's apparel. Lululemon is up just 1.5%. And by the uh, way, this bucks the trend of what you saw in a lot of retail apparel where people were looking for fancy things to go out, outfits to wear out on the town. This is still that workout phase that tells you if you've got the right stuff, if people really want it, they're still going to come. It's the stretchy phase. <laughs> yes. And based on some of the national numbers we have learned during the pandemic of body sizes, size yeah. evolutions. The COVID-19 pounds. It's, it's a lot of people. Have, yeah. So yeah. it's. But by the way, I sat next to the guy that owns Joseph Abood the other night at that dinner I was telling you about. He said their sales are off the charts because of all the weddings. Yeah, and, and special all the events, all the things that got canceled. All the things that got canceled. We're running, I think, at a, at, at a record pace or on track to, to match the record set last year because so many things got canceled and put off. Well, one of my, I went five for five in my predictions last year on the record. Did you really? Five for five. They're printed up. I'll send it out. One of my predictions this year is a baby boom, and I think I might be a little early, but with all the weddings. It wouldn't surprise me. Baby boom in America. Do you hate all the different chargers that you got to carry around for all your different devices, Android, Apple, and then multiple different chargers for Apple alone? By the way, there's a stock down 2%. Well, the EU may be trying to fix this. A new report from Reuters says that EU lawmakers will meet on June 7th to fine-tune a plan on a single mobile charging port, and they may be likely to clinch a deal. The EU is lying. It's a real story. Like, are you kidding me? I know. Like, priorities, people. Ah, You've got to be kidding It's me. the EU. They don't have any other priorities. They've been long working on regulations that require device makers to harmonize charging systems to use the same power plug. So you wouldn't have, what, this thing? You wouldn't have the USB-C. You wouldn't have the Android one, the old BlackBerry one that some things still use. You are solving problems. You know, like, this is a solution in search of a problem. Okay, big deal. Like, it is hardly the most annoying thing in my life. You got 8% inflation. You got risks of fuel shortages. Turkey, by the way, Turkey, I, I know it's not EU. Turkey, 73% inflation. The numbers just came out. 73% inflation. Annualized basis. And that region is working on harmonizing charging things. Yeah, inflation north of 8% in the EU. Consumers have taken on a lot of credit card debt this year, rising to $841 billion in the first quarter. 
But that is not the only way that shoppers are spending. The so-called buy now, pay later space like Affirm and Klarna and others is also booming. But it could be a dangerous place for people taking on debt, especially younger shoppers. Sharon Epperson joining us now with much more on this red hot space, which I think is cooling off a bit, Sharon. Absolutely. Well, Brian, you know, these point of sale loans have become a force in retail spending. They allow consumers to buy an item on the spot and then pay for it later in installments. 35% of consumers said they were at least considering using a buy now, pay later loan in May, according to LendingTree. And in April, 42% of buy now, pay later users admitted they'd paid late on one of those loans. Now, Kenneth Lin, the CEO of the fintech company Credit Karma, says these products create a major issue when it comes to understanding consumers' total debt burden. Buy now, pay later companies generally don't report to the credit bureaus when consumers use these loans. The challenge there is, well, you don't know if you have 10 other loans or just one other loan. And that makes a big difference in terms of how much you should loan, uh, but at the same time, how much you potentially could pay back. And as soon as you start slipping backwards, you might be in that situation where, you know, that, that debt snowballs on you and you lose control of it. And Ken Lin says that's when people get into deep trouble, Brian. All right, so a lot of questions here, Sharon. First off, what happens if somebody's debt begins snowballing because they can't afford payments. We had Kevin Warsh on set the other day. He basically implied there's nothing they can do. They, don't, they can't come after you. What's the real story? Well, there's several things that can happen. They can charge you fees. They can also say that they don't want to lend to you anymore because you're not someone who has paid back. Or they could also do something where they're uh, reporting it, in some cases, the delinquency or the default to the credit bureaus. They don't always do this, but there's several different ways they can go about it. They will come after you in some way to get the money. But the question is how that's going to happen and the impact that potentially could have on your credit history, your credit score, and what fees you may have to pay because you've made these late payments. Uh, is it good for credit scores? These Are they bad? What's... Are they checking your score every time you apply for like a Klarna payment? Well, here's the issue. They're not going to build your credit. You're maybe doing this thinking, particularly younger consumers, as you were saying, thinking that they're trying to build their credit by using this. Those That positive history is not reported to the credit bureaus. Matt Schultz of LendingTree was telling us that actually what they're doing is occasionally, of course, they will report a default, a delinquency, a problem when you don't pay, but they do not report when you do pay. So it really is a lot more downside than upside for consumers. Yeah, I mean, is it possible you, I mean, I'm, I would never advise this, Sharon. You go out and buy a few thousand dollars worth of goods and then buy now, pay later, and then you just stop making payments and what, what, I mean, they could like write you what, a harshly worded email? <laughs> like, to your point? Well, I mean, the, the issue is, I think the bigger issue, Brian, is why people are using buy now, pay later. They can't afford getting it any other way. And so um, it, it does become an issue of how they're going to get that money, how the companies are going to get that money from them, and what's going to happen to these companies if people are not going to be paying. But it feels like college, Sharon, you know what I mean? Like, where it's like, I remember, you know, these people, you don't want to be your friends. They want to give you a Discover card. When you're you know, a sophomore in college, oh, just get the Discover card. Sure, no fees. The next thing you know, you got five grand and you wonder what you did. I mean, th this could be a minefield for a lot of younger people who think, oh, I can afford 25 a month. I can afford 35 a month. Next thing you know, you got $400 a month in bills that you can't afford.
Absolutely. And you're not keeping track of it the same way that you do with a credit card statement because you're using this buy now, pay later product and this buy now, pay later product, and it's not all together. So that is, those are some of the tools that some of these fintech companies are working on, like Credit Karma, to make sure that consumers know where they are using this credit and can keep track of it. I want to ask both Sharon and Becky a deeply personal question, and feel free. I'm Dr. Phil here. Sharon, are you ready? This is deeply personal because I will say yes to the, my own question. Did you ever fall for the 12 CDs for a penny thing? Yes. Yeah. Columbia. <laughs> Columbia. No. You didn't do it? Columbia. I think it was 14. That's why me. she's the personal finance yeah. reporter. And then you got the bill and the CDs were like $25 each with yeah, shipping. But, like I was like 14 at the time. They I know, but they extended you, it to us. But they same. ended up winning in the end is my point. When you factored in the, Not really. the eight you had to buy, Good they were luck. like 25 bucks. Good luck finding me. You well, sold see, it to a minor, it. you dummy. See? This is it, Sharon, the scoff law. Becky Quick here, still on the lamb from Columbia House. I bought it for a while, then we canceled it. My mother was furious. Sharon Epperson, thank you very much. <laughs> that was a good Take deal. Take care. It, well, it, it, I, I guess mm. if you don't pay back. <laughs> it was like 1999, not 25, right? There's still... Here she is, Columbia House, right on set. You can find Becky Quick at 555 no, that's, that's Main there, Street. They're in error. You can't extend credit to minors. They're doing it with, well, not minors, but some of these They're doing it to later. dogs now. Like here, Fido, go ahead, put your paw print here. My dog is on my mortgage. All right. Next on Squawk Pod, a tune change for Netflix. Whether the streaming giant's stock bounce is here to stay with former TiVo CEO and CNBC founder Tom Rogers. What's going on with a stock that uh, people uh, left for dead but looks like it's bounced back to life? Stranger things have happened with a stock. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Brian Sullivan. Joe and Andrew are off today. Netflix shares under pressure again this morning. The stock had gotten a boost yesterday on an analyst upgrade. Joining us right now is Tom Rogers, Engine Media Executive Chairman, former NBC Cable President and CNBC contributor. Also, Gene Munster, Loop founder and managing partner. And uh, what's the story at this point with Netflix? Uh, what was said last night? What was not said? How do, how do you walk away from this? And why do you think the stock's down this morning, Gene? Well, Becky, uh, yesterday the shareholder meeting was short and sweet, 15 minutes. There was no Q&A. They surprisingly passed some better corporate governance. They eliminated some super majority uh, uh, voting rights. 
what was most important was what wasn't said, and they did not pre-announce investors are uneasy going into any sort of corporate dialogue given what we've seen from Microsoft, Snapchat, and of course, the, the broader environment. And so as a starting point, not much yesterday, but I would highlight the elephant is still in the room when it comes to Netflix. We are investors in Netflix and we're growing progressively nervous about our investment based on how they're going to monetize from this ad model. It is clear Netflix is not growing their subs. They ultimately need to get this ad model to work for the stock to work. And that's a big unknown, especially in an environment where ad supported models are being tested. And so when you put it together, uh, Becky left the shareholder meeting with more questions than answers. Hey, I have to say this is pretty unusual, Gene, for somebody to come on and say, yeah, I'm a shareholder and I have some serious growing concerns. Rather than sell, you're coming on to talk about that, those concerns. Is that because you want management to address this? You're willing to hang on for now? Well, uh, I mean, there's variations. The, the nervous every investor has different levels of uh, anxiety around any position. And so I'm just simply illuminating that my anxiety is uh, higher here. And specifically, we bought it on the, the second big uh, step down here. And I think what has become more clear to us is the cash flow that needs to be generated from this ad-supported model. So uh, to answer your question is, we, we still own it. Uh, there's a big difference between being nervous and actually selling it. But I just want to put the conversation into context is, is this is uh, this is a higher risk, higher reward type of investment. What what would actually make you sell it? What what would have you kind of say, OK, forget it. I, I can't hold out anymore and, and, and still be this nervous. We want to see the ad model. We want to see uh, are they going to come out with a five dollar basic model? Kind of the, the, the threshold that we're shooting for is six dollars in ARPU per ad based user. So it's five dollars a month plus an extra dollar in advertising revenue. Right now, their average ARPU is $11.50. And if you look at some of the other comps, Roku is at $4. Football Flip TV is at uh, $6.50. And so to answer your question, they've got to monetize at that uh, $6 rate. And we're still a couple quarters away from probably understanding that because that probably won't launch that ad service till the end of this year. In the meantime, uh, I guess one of the good news about still owning it is that expectations around growth on subs are pretty modest. They guided for two million, a loss of 2 million subs in this current quarter. They have about 220 million subs. And so we're not nervous about like them missing the sub number. We think that's largely priced in. It's really about seeing the uptake and the ad support and model is what's going to make or break our decision. Let's bring in Tom Rogers as well, joining the conversation. Uh, uh, Tom, you've been in media, NBC, and many others for years. Uh, I'll ask you a direct question. Do you believe Netflix's viewer numbers? Uh, do I believe their viewer numbers? Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, what's going on with the stock that uh, people uh, left for dead, but looks like it's bounced back to life. Stranger things have happened with a stock, but I think what happened here is stranger things. I mean, it uh, introduced stranger things season four to an enormous uh, number, 287 million viewing hours. And uh, that uh, answers a key question that was coming out of last earnings is uh, Netflix spending all this money without uh, uh, getting value for it? And uh, that uh, is a, a question they were able to answer here. Because those numbers, Tom, 287 million, and I was reading that maybe because they released it like in a two-part, they got double the viewing hours and sort of double counted 
It's just a massive number. It's a it's a massive number, but uh, this is what Netflix does. And uh, I think the other thing that has gone on since last earnings is that uh, the inflation recession scare, uh, which we're all preparing for, uh, what's that going to hit? It's going to hit the legacy bundle really hard at $100 a month. That's where people are going to pair back. And it's going to hit the legacy advertising. And uh, while Netflix introducing an advertising uh, supported service at this point is not the greatest time in the world to do it, that too is going to eat away at the, at the legacy guys. And so what's going to be the beneficiary of people pulling back on the bundle? It's going to be streaming. And Netflix being the leading streamer, I think, will benefit from that. And we have seen stranger things happen. Tom Rogers, Gene Munster, thank you very much both. That's the podcast for today and for the week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. A huge thank you to my fellow producers, Caroline Rahodas, AJ Horch, and of course, the famous Katie Kramer. This podcast wouldn't be anything without the talented editors behind the scenes here, John Lazaration and Rafael Gonzalez. If you agree that it is indeed a dream team, or honestly, if you don't, let us know send us a tweet at Squawk CNBC or leave us a review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe to Squawk Pod if you don't already. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, package-less and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.